On this episode of Kids Bible Breakdown, we're shaking things up and breaking down Job chapter 1. I love learning about God. I love learning the Old Testament. But I can only take so many days of reading very detailed building instructions. And just to give you all a heads up, there are more detailed days to come of the next few books. So we are going to start mixing things up a little. The book of Job is actually believed to have taken place back in the time that Genesis did, around the time of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The chapter starts by telling us that in the land of Uz lived a man named Job who feared God and avoided evil. He had seven sons and three daughters, and he was rich, really rich. He had tons of flocks and servants and was the greatest man in all of the East. His sons liked to throw huge parties for their birthdays that went on for days, and they would invite all the sisters and brothers. When the party was over, Job would make a sacrifice for each one of his kids and arrange for them to be purified, to kind of wipe the sin slate clean just in case they did something they shouldn't have while partying. One day, angels came to talk to God, and Satan came with them. God asked Satan, Where have you come from? Now, since God is all-knowing, I like to think that this was God's way of telling Satan he was looking rough. Like, wow, where have you been? Because you don't look so great. Mainly because it makes me giggle to think that's how it went down. Anyways, Satan told God that he had been roaming the earth. God said to Satan, did you see my man Job? There is no one else like him on earth. He's a man of good character who fears God and stays away from evil. Satan said back something along the lines of, of course he respects you. You keep him safe and bless him with all of this stuff. But if you took everything away from him, Job would curse you to your face. God replied, Very well then. Everything he has is in your hands, but do not lay a finger on the man himself. Then Satan left. One day when Job's kids were having a party at the oldest son's house, a messenger came and said, The oxen were plowing the fields and the donkeys were nearby, and the Sabaeans attacked who were a group of people they clearly were not friends with. The messenger continued, They took all the animals and killed all your servants. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. While that guy was still speaking, another messenger came and said, The fire of God came and burnt up all the sheep and all the servants. I was the only one who escaped to tell you. God may have made the fire or lightning, but we know he wasn't the one aiming at Job. While he was still speaking, another messenger came up and said, The Chaldeans, another group of people, attacked and took all your camels and killed all your servants. I am the only one who escaped to tell you. And while that one was still speaking, yet another messenger came up and said, Your sons and daughters were all at the oldest son's house having a party when a strong wind came and made the house collapse on them and they all died. I was the only one who escaped to come tell you. At this, Job tore his clothes and shaved his head, which is to be expected because he was grieving. But then he fell to the ground in worship, saying, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. In all of this, Job did not sin by blaming God of doing wrong. There are so many things this book can teach us. For today, we're only going to focus on a few of them. The first one being what the conversation between Satan and God tells us. Satan can still only do what God allows. Even evil has to answer to God. God has ultimate control of everything. 
So the next question most people have is, well, then why does God allow it to happen? Excellent question. We'll come back to it. The other thing I want to point out is that you will hear people say, God can't be in the presence of sin. Like sin is to God what kryptonite is to Superman. But that doesn't seem to be accurate since God is having a conversation with Satan, who is overflowing with sin. And he doesn't appear to be weakened at all. In fact, God is still so powerful that Satan basically has to get his permission before he's allowed to do anything. Okay, so now, why would God allow bad things to happen to his children? Well, there are lots of reasons. Some that we will never understand since we are so limited in what we can know and understand. But throughout the chapters, we are going to talk about some of the reasons we do know. Question for y'all. If you give gifts to a person all the time and do everything they want you to do, they are probably pretty nice to you. You all would probably be friends. But what happens when you don't give them everything they want or follow every request or demand? It's most likely that one of two things are going to happen. They will either wind up dropping you like a hot potato, or they will say, okay, I still love you for you and not what you give me. Which friend would you want? The surface level friend who is only friends with you to get stuff or the friend that you know will still be there to love you when you are going through hard times? The answer's pretty clear, especially since one isn't really a friend at all. All Christians will face hard times. We live in a fallen and sinful world and there are consequences. But how Christians react when they go through hard times really shows you what's in their heart. Do they blame God and turn away from him? Or do they grieve and hurt, but still run to their father God because they love and trust him, knowing that although it doesn't always feel like it, his plans are good and he's an amazing God. 